Today we're kicking off uh, a Christmas series called Missing Peace. And uh, I know JJ just introduced me, but I like to think that the reason I'm kicking it off is because they needed an angel to kick it off. Um, and so uh, I, I only say that because my name is Gabriel, it's not because of like, I actually think that I'm like, angel, please don't misunderstand. Um, uh, me and my wife, like JJ was saying, we have the amazing privilege of just uh being the main disciplers and leaders over our youth group. And we are 100% trusting God to see a 180 degree turn in this next generation. And so uh, it's, it's, I just want to tell you to pick up your faith and believe with me because it's going to happen and we're going to see it. And sometimes it's, it's very difficult to believe that because you're like, everything goes against that statement, but we serve a God who goes against every circumstance and who can overpower all of it. So um, before I get into the word today, uh, it's Christmas and I like to kick things off lightheartedly. So I have a couple just dad Christmas jokes that I want to read to us. And so the first one is how do sheep say Merry Christmas to each other? <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, Fleece Navidad. Fleece Navidad. Um, <laughs> how much did, how much did Santa pay for his sleigh? Nothing. It was on the house. This one, this one, I'm expecting some booze. Uh, but I asked my wife what she wanted for Christmas. She told me that nothing would make her happier than a diamond necklace. So I bought her nothing. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, all the lady in the house, boo. Uh, <laughs> um, my friend just won the tallest Christmas tree competition. And I thought to myself, how can you top that? It's pretty good. And then lastly... They had a gingerbread man who went to the doctor complaining of a sore knee, and the doctor asked him, have you tried icing it? So, um, they're so bad, but they're so good. <laughs> they're just things that you listen to, and you're like, this is so silly. I don't know why people thought of this, but I'm just so glad they did. And so, <laughs> and, uh, you know, for since we're getting into Christmas, it's December, and there's so much amazing things that are happening uh, I think that Christmas bingo is a lot of fun. I don't know how many of you have Christmas traditions and things. And uh, I just know that our Christmas, the Christmas tradition, Christmas season in my family is such an amazing thing. Uh, my my family, they would we would put up, uh, I don't know if, if you went to the gumbo cook-off, you saw a part of it yesterday, but uh, we put up a Christmas village. That was something we did all the time. Uh, we'd decorate, we'd make so much sweets. People would question our sanity. Uh, it was just, it was... Christmas is such an amazing time, and uh, what I think is so powerful about Christmas, more than the fun and the joy and and this, the fellowship with people, is that Jesus, it's, it's all about Jesus. And there is that saying that people kind of have said so much is, like, we got to remember the reason for the season. And and today, what I want to just kind of clarify a little bit is, what is one of those reasons? And And it has a lot to do with peace. And so uh, before I get in, let's just let's just go through our faith declaration. So if you could just stand and then we're going to go through the faith declaration. So uh, here we go. This is the word of God. I am who it says I am and I can do what it says I can do. Therefore, I declare boldly. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have been forgiven and set free. I have mounting moving faith and the Holy Spirit empowers me to be a witness. My heart is receptive and my mind is alert. I am ready to receive from the incorruptible 
imperishable, everlasting Word of God. Today's Word will accomplish all that it sent out to do in me. I will never be the same. Holy Spirit, we just open up our hearts to you. Father, just speak to us. And Lord Jesus, thank you so much, Lord, that when you came, you in, you reestablished peace on earth, Lord. So just as we as we just look at the scriptures and and allow you to speak to us, Lord, help us to grasp that peace is such an amazing gift from you that we can walk in daily. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so you can all be seated. Um, and if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Isaiah chapter 26. Um, and we're going to start in verse 3. But before we read, I'm a person that I love to break everything down to the smallest detail because I don't like un misunderstandings. And so since we're talking about a missing piece, I wanted to ask the question to us all, what actually is peace? And as I was, I was, I was chewing on this question, uh, I, I felt that sometimes, even from my own personal answer, I would say that sometimes peace is being stress-free, that sometimes peace is when we feel calm, that our, our brains feel tranquil. Uh, sometimes some people will say that peace is when the kids are tucked in the bed and mom and dad can do whatever they want. Um, some people, they will, uh, they will say that when all the work is done, that's when I can have peace, when there's no more work to be done. And I don't necessarily think that these statements are wrong. I think that when, work, when all work is done, it's way easier to relax. I think that when things are going smoothly, it is easier to relax and have peace. But from these statements, what we can, what we can derive from them is that peace is situational. If we agree that this is the definition of peace. That we can only have peace when all our circumstances line up with the peaceful outcome. And what I want to tell you today is that peace is not situational. That peace is something that God has given to us as a gift that's meant to impact every area of our life and even be spread to everyone else we know that doesn't have it. And so in, in Hebrew, the word peace is the word shalom. Okay, so if you've been watching The Chosen, you know, you see Jesus and everyone greet each other like shalom, shalom, uh, and it means peace. And so the, the definition of this word shalom is completeness, it's welfare, it's health, it's prosperity, and it's, it's peace again. And it's nothing broken or nothing missing. And so this is peace. This is peace. It's nothing. We're not lacking anything. That actually, even when our circumstances may seem like they're lacking, we have everything we need in us to have peace. And so true peace is a full restoration to completeness, to well-being, and prosperity to our souls. And based on this definition, there's nothing that shows a bit of circumstance in it. It, it has everything to do with, are you fully complete? Are you fully restored? Looking at Isaiah uh, 26, it says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And when I was looking at this, I, what, I, what I found is that, one, it's, it's an amazing promise. The person who keeps their mind stayed on God will have a perfect peace. A perfect peace. I think sometimes we experience like a normal peace, like things are just calm. But this is a perfect peace. And it's and it is experience for you to where for some reason things just seem 
unreasonably calm. Even though you have thoughts in your brain, they're still un- you just feel peace. And I wish I had a better way of explaining that, but like, I, I feel like you can resonate with me when I say you feel the peace. And so, uh, so cool is when you stay your mind on God, it's a promise that we can stay in perfect peace. And, and I think that the scripture is so true, but what I also find is that sometimes I can be thinking about God, but still lack peace. And so that's why I think the, the rest of the scripture is so important is that be, it says, because he trusts in you, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And our thinking of God can't just be random. I think I, 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 know, I know personally from my own experience that there have been times where I've walked through a circumstance or something that's pressing on me. And I've been like, okay, God, I, I'm focusing on you and I'm thinking of you. And, but then there's no actual anything that happens in here that stirs up my heart, that brings a heart back to peace. And so in our, in our thinking can't be random. It's the idea that if we're going to think about God and keep our minds stayed on him, then it has to involve a thinking of his character, remembering who he is, remembering the experiences we've had with him, the faithfulness we, uh, that we've experienced with him. And, and in this part, that's when, that's when we can receive a perfect peace. And as I was chewing on this, the, the reality is, is it's so easy to get caught up in other things, to think about other things in life. Like we have, we all have jobs, or if you don't have a job, there's still things that need to be done. And so it's easy to get caught up in the mundane tasks of the day uh, that we, you got to deal with your job. You got to get the kids to school on time. Bills need to be paid. House needs to be taken care of. Dishes don't do themselves. Neither does laundry. Uh, sometimes we worry, uh, we get caught up in the worries of life that uh, just wild hypotheticals that can be individual to ourselves. Like, what if what if I'm single forever? Or that money's getting tight. Christmas is here. I need to get I need to get gifts. There's other things like what if I'm so scared about what other people are thinking of me? But sometimes we just have past experiences that just weren't good for us that just stay in our mind. Someone that's either passed away or or someone taking advantage of us or just a broken experience that just stays in here. And they, they so easily cloud us from, from living in a perfect peace. And these are just some of the things that we can, we can think of that take space in our minds over God. And I'm, I'm definitely guilty of it. You, you can ask, oh, I'm a person that my whole, my whole being is, we got to get everything done. Like, it's got to get done. We've got, we've got messages right. We've got people to meet with. We've got... The house needs to be clean, bills need to be paid, all of it, it's always on the forefront of my mind. But if, it's, if, I'm, if I allow it to stay there, if I allow it to, to take up residence on just on my brain, then every moment that I'm thinking about that, I'm missing out on experiencing God and his perfect peace. So my appeal for us today is that we, I believe we need to make a shift in our hearts from circumstantial peace to perfect peace. That, that the shift we need to make is we need to, I, I believe that perfect peace is going to come through prioritizing a constant connection to the presence of God in our lives. Because peace is something we actually find in the presence of God. And it's not until we initiate, not until that, that connection is fired up that we actually find real peace. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, Starting in verse six, 16, it says this, Rejoice always, 
Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Looking at verse 16 through 20, that was the first part of it. Is It says, it's saying rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Giving thanks in all circumstances. How many of us can say that we rejoice always? I know I can. I, I am very good at being like, gosh darn it. <laughs> um, how many of us can say we pray without ceasing? Can you say that you give thanks in all circumstances? And, and I want to ask this question not to make you feel like you're missing a mark, but to just to highlight how the scripture is encouraging us at all times to have an intimacy and a connection with the Holy Spirit, with God. Rejoicing involves us taking our mind off of whatever's in front of us and lifting up praise to God. Praying, praying is communication, communing with God talking with him and allowing him to talk to you. When, I, when I'm clouded by things that are going in my life, I have a very hard time hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Giving thanks in all circumstances. I, I'm not saying to be always be like unreasonably optimistic, but there is a beauty in finding what to be thankful to God for in every circumstance. And, 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 I, I always find that it's easier to thank God when I have a lot more of the word on the front of my mind because I'm remembering promises and truth more than what I'm seeing. Every, every day, every moment, every circumstance is meant to be an opportunity for intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And that is, that is 100%, I believe, backed by the Bible. As we, walk, as we walk in our daily lives, it's not living moment to moment with the Holy Spirit, but it's actually in every moment being with the Holy Spirit, communing with Him. And, and so I, wanted to, I just wanted to share with you guys a story that uh, I think highlights this from my own life, is that um, a couple months back, and I, I can't exactly remember when, but uh, this is going to be kind of a, a little bit of a shock for everyone, but... Uh, a couple months and a, a couple months back, Elle and I were scammed of everything we had. Yeah, and so uh, the only money we had left in our bank account was seven dollars, and uh, that's pretty hard news to catch. Um, uh, on top of that, thirty minutes before we found out that Elle's great grandmother passed away, and so uh, it was a, it was a pretty it was a pretty hard news to just catch. And on top of this. I don't remember exactly what the date was, but I know what day it was. It was a Wednesday. And we're the youth group director, so where are we on a Wednesday? We're here. We, it was two hours before youth we find out this. And I'll be real, I didn't have the perfect piece then. Like, 100% honest, we spent 30 minutes crying right there on that stage. And, and I could say that with a smile now, just looking back. And it was, it was so difficult because it felt like the biggest wave had just been cast over us, that everything we ever had had been taken from us. And it just felt like so daunting that there's nothing we can do. And we cried. And like just being real, 
you know, and it's okay to cry. If any man feels like you can't cry, that's a lie from the enemy. Cry is crying is so peaceful. Um, <laughs> I, I I personally believe that when the, the scripture says that the, the Lord is a well that never runs dry, that's why we cry because when we experience him, we have to pour. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but back to this, it was, it was just feel like everything had been taken from us and we had no peace. And in that moment, we had to make a decision to, to take our eyes off of what was presented in front of us and look back to the God of peace. The one who is faithful, the one who's brought us this far, the one who's called us, the one who's been empowering us the whole way, and just say yes to him. And, and even in that moment, still didn't find the perfect peace. And it was wild because youth was amazing that night. We had like our, we had a record high attendance. We had students actually paying attention. We had, it was, it was great. It was, it was awesome. I, we got into, we got into our small groups and, and like I asked the question and I had, I got four answers. I was like, whoa, I'm used to like done. Like it was, it was insane. Uh, it was awesome. But still it was a wrestle. It was, it was just a huge wrestle in my, in my heart about circumstance versus thinking about what God is saying. And, and I didn't, I did not experience perfect peace until the end of the night. And at this point in time, the way we, the way we were doing youth is that after youth, we would have a little leadership meeting to where we could just talk about the night, just say some wins, say some losses and talk about how we're going to go. And uh, we're in this leadership meeting and I just cannot focus on the good things that happened. I'm just so, I'm, I'm literally thinking, how are we going to make enough money? Um, what are we going to do? This is like, like I'm, I'm doing what I always do. Got to get it done. And finally, uh, I don't even, I don't know if you asked or anything, but I just know that we ended up sharing what had happened to us that day. And, and, and I, I, I 100% firmly believe that the key to a perfect peace is, is rooted in this statement that we, we told Esther what we were going through and how, how rattled we were. And she, she said she's sorry that we were going through that. And that, and she just loved on us and encouraged us. And she said, we need to trust God and, be, and believe him. But this, this is the statement that I'm rooted with, that it says every challenge is an opportunity for intimacy with God. And everything we go through, everything we go through, is, it can either, it can always sound like, oh, what are we going to do? But it's the Holy Spirit in the background calling, come be with me. Allow me to restore you back, restore you back. And it's in that connection with God that I was able to experience perfect peace. Not just the reminder that he's my provider, not just the reminder that he's faithful, but that he's actually my loving father who I walk with very closely. And, that, and that's when I experienced the perfect peace was it was just it was just coming back to closeness. And Galatians 5:22 says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace." Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And then verse 25 goes, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. If we're going to pursue peace, it's going to require a pursuit of God and pursuit of His presence. It, it's in, uh, I, I can't remember exactly where it is in John, but what it says is that uh, when, when you know the truth, it will set you free. And, and when we get into the breaking down the word no back in their language it meant knowledge here but also experience knowing by experience and knowledge and i and i believe that that's how perfect peace can be brought into our lives is 
having knowledge about God, but also allowing that knowledge to bring, bring forth an experience of who he is, who his character is. It's different to know that he's faithful, than to, but then to experience his faithfulness that he hears you when you call. The minute you say, Lord, I need you and I need to be close, there's a closeness. And so every day is an opportunity for intimacy. Every moment is an opportunity. Every challenge, every part of our lives can be intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And so what's cool is the choice is always up to us. Because God has always made himself readily available to connect with us. He's always desiring that connection. John 14, 26, 27 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Isn't that interesting how he just says, I'm sending a helper and then peace is given. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Our peace doesn't come as the world gives. The world, the world can give opportunities sometimes, but they can also just be easily taken away from broken circumstance. But when Jesus was saying that my peace I give to you, he was saying, I do not give as the world gives. When it is laid, it will not be taken. It will not be taken. It cannot be taken. And so the opportunity is always on us. It's always on us. And that may feel like a bunch of pressure, but I just want to tell you, it's so just nice to know that at any point in time, we can come back to a clarity of connecting with the Holy Spirit. Jesus has given us his peace, his shalom, perfect peace. Going back to that, a completeness, a full restoration that was given to us. And in Christ, we are fully restored. The old is gone, the new has come. In Christ, we are fully restored. We're fully brought back. Walking with the Holy Spirit, staying close to him, produces the fruit of peace. So Jesus has given us peace, but then also intimacy with the Holy Spirit also produces peace in our lives. We have all that we need to walk in intimacy with God and his shalom and his shalom peace in our hearts. And so we can live in this life while walking in perfect peace due to our closeness with the Holy Spirit. I find that the moments where I am lacking peace is the moments where I really am not being intentional to be with the Holy Spirit. To just come back to you are my God, you are my rock, you are my leader, you are my stability. It's in those moments that I find that I'm lacking the perfect peace. And so I, I, I just wanted to put for us three points that can, can help cultivate intimacy in our lives with the Holy Spirit. And, and this isn't a cookie cutter, like, do these three things in this guaranteed formula. This is, these are just three points that uh, I'm, I know from experience work. And uh, there's definitely more ways. So I just want to encourage you, if you want to find those more ways, do them. Because they will, they will help you. Uh, the first one is this, is that I believe we need to a lot of time to personally connect with the Holy Spirit daily. We need that. We need. Uh, Luke 5, 15 says, but now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. 
So the scripture is about Jesus and, and his, his, his fame of his ministry is growing. And so it's, it says that, but now even more, the report about him went abroad. Things continued to get louder about him. People continued to pursue him. But then after that, I said it, but he would still withdraw to desolate places and pray. Because even if we ever want to see a difference happen in our own lives, it's going to be rooted in our connection to God and that connection to the Holy Spirit. That's going to bring forth what we, we want to see. Um, he knew the need was great, but his connection to the Holy Spirit was something he knew he could not afford to let dwindle. If we want intimacy with God, I believe that we have to make connection times a priority. Relationships are not developed on accident. They are, they are cultivated by spending time with people. And if we leave it up to the to the time of life to give us that time, we're going to be waiting a long time because life just seems to get busier. I thought it was busy when I was in high school. And now that I'm out, I'm like, it doesn't get any slower. And it, I don't, I'm not sure if it does, <laughs> but I just know that the Holy Spirit is always available. And so some of you might be thinking, oh, you're young, maybe, look, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just know that the Holy Spirit's available at all times in every single form of business. And so looking at that scripture, it says he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Prayer is a great connection with God. It's communication with him. And we have, we have a whole series on teaching us how to pray that I, I just want to plug you to that if, if you want to, if no one's ever pointed you to the scriptures on how to pray, if you can go to our OSC Connect app and go to the Listen tab. And there is a whole series on teaching us how to pray in different ways. And, and I'm, I listen to them as much as I can, because I just love re relearning and reestablishing these points of connection with the Holy Spirit. It's just so refreshing. It's so refreshing. So I just, I encourage that if you can see if you can, uh, if you can go and listen to that. And if you've never like a lot of the time for the Holy Spirit, don't feel like this means spending hours upon hours. I, I want to encourage you to start small because it's a new it's new. So I, I personally recommend like 10 minutes at first. Just give 10 minutes a day for a week. And I can guarantee you at the end of that week, you're going to want more than 10 minutes. You're going to want more. So the first one is allotting a time to personally connect to the Holy Spirit. The second point is that if we want to cultivate intimacy. We need to, I, we need to research scripture about God's character and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Matthew 4, 4 says, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's when we, when we read the Bible and we start diving into who God is, what he's doing, what he's done, what does that mean for our life, that we start finding life. We start finding life. We live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That is the word of God. That is the word of God. And don't feel any pressure to be like a... a a human table of contents who knows where everything is. We have this amazing thing called Google. It's so good. There's so many different uh, just sites that you can look up that, that point that you can look up scripture about blank. And that's a great way to grow. That's a great way to grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit is learning about who God is. Be like, Google, show me scriptures of the character about the character of God. 
And what I'm telling you, just reading through as many as you can and chewing on and digesting them, it's going to bring a peace to you that you're just like, I realize now that God was in this point in my life. I realize that he was here. This last one, this last point for, for cultivating intimacy with the Holy Spirit is, uh, is I believe we need to interact with God throughout the day. Uh, Romans 8, 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And uh, interacting with the Holy Spirit throughout the day is something very dear to my heart because it was one of the best things my parents ever taught me. They actually didn't even, I don't even know if they realized that, but they didn't like, they didn't even go to the scriptures to do that. My parents just for some reason had a natural understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit to be connected with. And I can remember so many vivid memories that I'm talking with my parents about things. And I'm just, I'm just like, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know how this is going to affect what I'm trying to do. And one of the first questions they would ask is, have you talked with the Holy Spirit about this? They just understood the importance of connecting with God. And what I found is that when I seek his face, when I seek his face over just the answer, because I think sometimes we just pursue answer, that I'm just after answer. When I find that I seek his face and I perceive the person of the Holy Spirit, I get the peace and then I have the peace of mind to go, well, here's the answer. And that's, another, that's provision in itself. So those are just three ways that we can start cultivating intimacy with the Holy Spirit and being, being close to the Holy Spirit is one of the best experiences you can ever have. It is something that just continues to revive my heart. And my prayer today is that as we, as we continue to talk about this, that it will start to dwell on yours. That how can, how can you start growing with the Holy Spirit in your daily life? How can you include him in what you're doing in your job? If you're a student, how can you include him at school? There's so many ways that we can invite him in. But on top of being able to have a perfect peace in our hearts, and this is what I was getting to in the beginning, is that we've been given a Holy Spirit to bring peace into every area of our lives, but also to share peace with the rest of the world. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Are we children of God? If we're children, that means we're meant to bring peace. And, and I had a dear friend of mine that told me that it doesn't say blessed are the peacekeepers. That sometimes there needs to be a little bit of a push toward peace in the right way. And, and, and when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in that way, it will start bringing about a peace in that area. This world is what we were created to reign over. In the beginning, God told us to be fruitful, to multiply, to take dominion over to earth and subdue it. But then sin, but sin because of man's disobedience, broke the world. Breaking peace. But the cool thing is because of what Jesus has done. He's taken all authority back and reestablished the kingdom of God here on earth. Henceforth reestablishing peace. Romans 4, I don't have the scripture, but Romans 14, 17 through 19. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and improved by men. So, let, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding.
pieces the restoration back to a completeness, completeness like before the fall of the world. It's a, it's a restoration back to the original design. And as God's children and people that Jesus has given his peace to, we have a responsibility to influence this world back into the peace it used to have. Back to the way it was before it was broken by sin. And so then the question is, well, how do we do that? Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. If you're looking for peace, it's found in Jesus. And how can we know if we haven't heard? I know that hearing all the world can sound a little intimidating. Did you know, it's, if we're going to bring peace back to the world, we have to share it with the whole world. And that sounds just like way above our pay grade because we're just people from Crowley or Acadia or whatever. But uh, there's a great question that was asked to me one time is, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time is the answer. So we're, <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but it's, it's, it's true. Uh, and so Ephesians 6, 15 says, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, we're going to share. We have to allow the gospel to impact us. But the news of being drawn and brought close to Christ is going to help us to grow to a point where, you know what? It's time to share the readiness. Who are people in your jobs that need to hear the gospel? It says, it says to share the gospel with the whole world, but we all have our own little spheres. Who are people in your sphere? Because that can just, that can just work because the math of exponentials just continues to multiply. John 13, 34 through 35 says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You, are, you also are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Our message of Jesus has to go beyond just words. Going into serving, into loving people, into meeting them where they're at, not expecting them to just show up on a Sunday. It's to reach, to develop connections and love people. We have to be ready to share the gospel. We have to be ready to love people. And this last one is, is, a, is such a powerful verse because Paul understood something that if we're going to reach the world with the gospel, we have to have. In Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So we have to be ready to step out. And then we have to ask ourselves, are we just wanting to, we're just wanting to help people get a little bit better? Or are we wanting to help them meet Jesus? The power of salvation to everyone.
this is how we're going to see God's perfect peace come to us in our cities is pursuing closeness with the with the Holy Spirit, but then also sharing that closeness with people, inviting them in, go and connect with them. Come and see. Let me come and meet with you. Let me have coffee. Let's just have a Bible study. Can we talk about Jesus? Can we talk about Jesus? The answer is yes, we can. You can all stand. I'm going to ask that we all close our eyes real quick. Um, just close with this. It's in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus, Jesus said this, and it clearly establishes why. Why saying the, telling people the gospel, reaching people, loving them, and sharing your peace with them, what it's meant to bring about is liberty to the captives, good news to the poor, the people who think they don't have any good news. There is good news, and it's meant for you. The recovering of sight to the mind, the people who just cannot see the solution in sight, the people who just can't see a way out. The gospel's for them. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. To, to release the burden of trying to fix it all ourselves. And then recognizing that the year of the Lord's favor is now from the rest of the time as we walk with God. We will see peace established in our own lives and in the lives of other people around us to end to the ends of the earth. There's two people I would like to pray for, and so we can just close our eyes real quick. Uh, this is first group is, um, is for anyone who doesn't have a personal relationship with God. You may be hearing about this for the first time in your life. You may have been hearing about this multiple times. I don't know. But I want to let you know the invitation to intimacy, to closeness, to personal relationship with God is for you. And so right now, I want you to just ask yourself, do you want to take that step today to grow close with God, just to become close with Him? If that's you, I just want to invite you to raise your hand. Father, thank you that you have brought us close. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought us close, that we are no longer just servants, but we are your friends. Holy Spirit, I just pray that for anyone in here who, who wants to pursue closeness and intimacy with you, Lord, show them how real you are, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that it's such a promise that when we keep our minds stayed on you and we just walk in step with your Holy Spirit, we experience a perfect peace, a perfect shalom. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. You have given us this peace that we can walk in daily. We claim it. We claim it. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.